Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is uh, August 8th, 2021. This is going to shock you. We have a 32 days left till kickoff. Wow. Till we curb stomp the Dallas Cowboys. On Thursday night football. Can, you, can we call them Cowboys still? Have they changed their name yet? No. I think you can still call them that. All right. Cowpoke. I can't wait for that to come. I know. It will be first. We'll be before them. The boy. I think boys. I think that's offensive. They should have a gender neutral term. The cow people. Well, we were Buccaneers. We did all kinds of raping and pillaging. So we're coming. We're going to be team number 12 is what we're eventually going to be. All right, guys, we got a good show for you today. We've got a bunch of training camp stuff, some news going on with the Buccaneers. Uh, we want to talk about the game pass in the future of the NFL a little bit. We have some follow-ups on the Kirk Cousins, the Jimmy Graham vaccination stuff. That's always fun. Uh, we're going to talk news around the league, and then Danny's going to wrap it up with some Know Your Enemy with the New Orleans Aints. But first, before we get to all that, my favorite segment and yours, fact checks and follow-ups. Now, we did a legitimate one this time, so it's going to be long. <laughs> Ralph did it. I didn't do it. Yeah, I said we, but I really meant me. Mm-hmm. Shelton Quarles, this is a follow-up. Shelton Quarles is now the director of football operations with the Buccaneers. He's been in that position since mm-hmm. 2014. Now, if you're not aware, he played middle linebacker with the Buccaneers uh, from – let me see. It was 1997 to 2006. He won the Super Bowl with us. He had six tackles and one tackle for a loss in the Super Bowl. And uh, he was a starter alongside Dwight Smith and our boy Derek Brooks. Uh, Shelton Quarles played weak side linebacker. No, no, that was Derek Brooks. He played middle linebacker. Derek Brooks played weak side and uh, Dwight Smith played strong side. So, he got a Super Bowl ring with us as a player, and he got a Super Bowl ring with us as a front office personnel. Mm. Yeah, because the Buccaneers did give all the front, all the office personnel rings, which I thought was pretty cool. Because a lot of them had been there for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, he's our director of football operations. Been doing that since 2014. Okay. Next one is a follow-up. We had talked about... Andy Reid and his son with the car accident before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I looked into that and all the stuff going on. Man, it's not fun stuff to look into. Uh, His name is Britt Reid. He was the outside linebackers coach. He got into the car crash uh, February 4th. Super Bowl was February 7th. So it was was more like two days, three days. He was the outside linebackers coach? Mm -hmm. I swore he was the tight ends coach. Okay. According to my research, I could be wrong, so we could do a fact check, fact check on that. <laughs> now, he got into this accident, and he was drinking and on Adderall. Mm. Uh, he ended up blowing a point one, one, one two, something like that. So way mm. over the limit. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, let me let me let me back up a little bit. This is not the first time this has happened with him. He spent several months in jail in 2007, uh, following multiple 
disturbing allegations, including a road rage incident and crashing his truck in a parking lot while drunk. Uh, let me see. He was sentenced to eight to 23 months in jail alongside his brother, Garrett, who we'll touch on in here in a minute, for running a drug emporium from their home. Oh. Yes. Lovely. And uh, in the road rage incident in 2007, he pointed a gun at a man. Whoa. Yeah, the lawsuit was eventually settled out of court for an undisclosed sum in 2014. Now, the latest accident that happened with the Kansas City Chiefs before the Super Bowl, a five-year-old girl named Ariel, I'm not sure of her last name, uh, there's no mention of it anywhere, was critically injured and was in a coma until February 14th, uh, 15th. Mm-hmm. Now, a, gun fo- a GoFundMe was started, and they received $580,000, uh, which was great. Uh, she came home April 13th. Uh, the latest update is that they are getting her a wheelchair-accessible van. She still cannot walk, talk, oh, or eat without a feeding tube. Oh, my God. Now, on the GoFundMe page on March 27th, they posted, Britt Reed is out every day living his normal life while she cannot, talking about Arrow, uh, while she cannot. Uh, please don't let her story be forgotten. Court will take a long time, and we don't know what will be the outcome of it all. So please keep sharing her story and praying for her family. Now, according to the GoFundMe donations, Dick Vitale, is it Vitale or Vital? He's the basketball announcer mm-hmm. and a big Bucks fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he donated $1,000. Oh, that was uh, nice. And then there's a guy named Peter Kellner. I'm not sure. And, and again, you know, you can have any name on a GoFundMe donation. So I'm not sure if these people, if it was the real Dick Vitale, but it probably was. Yeah, he's just a great guy. Uh, and Peter Kellner, who was a... Um, there. There was a Peter Kellner who was a billionaire uh, from the Denmark or somewhere. Uh, he donated forty thousand dollars. Whoa! Yes. Wow. Uh, but then th- that Peter Kellner ended up dying in Alaska. Oh. So I don't know if it's the same guy. Yeah. Now a Kansas City Police Department officer said Reed's eyes were bloodshot. This is a, from the official report, and that the officer smelled a moderate odor of alcoholic beverages. Uh, the statement he blew went, a .12 in right. a but moderate smell. It, it was a .113, actually. Okay. okay. The statement went on to say Reed told the officer that he had two or three drinks, and he also took prescription Adderall. Now, this was two hours after the crash. He blew a .113, which is above the legal limit of .08, which I think is pretty standard nationwide, .08. Yeah. Uh, police determined that Reed was driving 82 miles per hour in a 65-mile-per-hour zone when he hit the, the the car. Now, what had happened was a driver on the southbound ramp to Interstate 435 from the Stadium Drive had run out of fuel and called for help. A family in an SUV showed up to help, and Reed said he was trying to merge onto the highway and was looking over his left shoulder when he hit the SUV with Ariel in it. Mm. Just horrible, tragic story. How are you going that fast merging, though? That is way too fast for merging. I mean, you can tell from his history, this is not, you know, out of character for him. Right. Now, we had also touched on Eric Reed's, Andy Reed's other son who had killed himself Mm -hmm. or died. Now, I got the information on that. His name was Garrett. He was arrested along with Eric in 2007 for the, the drug (laughs) <laughs> selling drugs out of their room, apparently. Uh, he was also sentenced to 23 months behind bars with his brother. Uh, 
He got into a crash while he was high on heroin. Uh, Garrett struggled with addiction for years and ultimately died of a heroin overdose in 2012 while in his room at the Philadelphia Eagles training camp. Oh, God. While his co- father was coaching the team. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Britt Reed, his next court date is September 16th, right around the corner. He has pled not guilty to driving while intoxicated. So, you know, all that, we, we brought all that up because we said it we felt that it might have had something to do with the Chiefs' performance in there. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Buccaneers were going to whoop them no matter what happened. Mm-hmm. But the coaching was absolutely atrocious in that game. And it just the team looked dead. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it had a huge effect. Yeah, and something like that's got to. Got to. Uh, but this, we, we, we had also talked about Lo- Lovey Smith's son. And mm-hmm. we had asked if he had coached with the Buccaneers. Yes. McCall uh, Smith, he was the safeties coach for the Buccaneers during Lovey's tenure here. Now, okay. he was arrested last year, September 2020, on multiple charges related to sex trafficking operating a prostitution ring. Now, I looked all over for this, and I couldn't find anything on this other than the initial stuff. I actually had to go to the court website pull up the minutes, which Maricopa County has an amazing court system. You actually can oh, pull really? up the court documents, the minutes. Really? Yeah. So I got to read all what happened with oh. him. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently, he got probation. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he was sentenced to probation after pleading guilty to illegal control of enterprise and receive earnings of prostitution. It was a plea agreement. Oh, my God. So he was like a legit pimp. Yeah, yeah, they dropped a bunch of other charges so that he would plead to this, and there wasn't any evidence presented at court. It was just, you know, pleadings back and forth. Uh, It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, Now, he had to go to, uh, uh, it's three years supervised probation and a restitution to the victim of $1,042.17. Was that her earnings that he took from her? (laughs) (laughs) Like Not restitution is like you're making someone whole. You're paying somebody back for the damage you caused them. Yeah, well, that's not a very good prostitute. Or he's I just know. not a very good pimp. I don't know which one. Um, <sighs> that brings us to another follow-up uh, on uh, concern with Lovey Smith. We had talked about him blowing up the offensive line. I was incorrect. He did not blow up the whole offensive line. Just 90% of it. He kept DeMar Dotson. Oh... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he got rid of Donald Penn March 13th, who had played with the Buccaneers for eight years, replaced Pro him. Pro Bowl left tackle. Yep, yep, and went on to the Raiders mm-hmm. to become a Pro Bowl And he was there for like five there. years. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Up until last year? Yeah. Well, no, year before. Uh, last year he went like... to Washington, I think, and then got hurt. Um, He was replaced by Anthony Collins. You remember him oh, from Cincinnati? God. Horrible, horrible left tackle. <sighs> all, all of Lovey's guys he brought in were not very good terrible uh, he brought johnson in the yeah defensive from end, Cincinnati. Ghost. yeah yeah okay so uh pin pin went on to his third pro Bowl in 2017 with the raiders uh he ended up signing a one-day contract with the raiders this year so that he can retire with the raiders now that uh, hurts yeah he, he's he considers himself a raider not a Buccaneer. that sucks but he's also um, from out there i think yeah yeah so he he fit in there a little bit better yeah yeah, uh, but uh, Lovey Smith got rid of Donald Penn, Davin Joseph, who was replaced by Patrick Omama, uh, Senator Jeremy Zuda. Remember him? Oh, he was a I beast. Him. Yeah, yeah. He went to uh, 
the, the Ravens and ended up going to Pro Bowl with the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Zuda was replaced by even Dietrich Smith. <laughs> he was always. Oh God! He, swear he was always he was drunk. drunk all the time. He, oh, had he actually to be. fell over. He on fell field. forward. Yeah. yeah. You're like. Oh what? my gosh, he was funny. Even if he wasn't drunk, he clearly had some like balance issues. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, no, that's not was, for, yeah, I think so too. A little yeah. bit. Well, he was and that playing. asshole, he came from the Packers. And remember, mm-hmm. we went to go play at the Packers, and he's walking in the locker room. There's fans all lined up outside, and he goes, Go Pack. Yeah. Like, yeah. screw you, buddy. Yeah, that was Dick. infuriating. Yeah. Uh, we got rid of Lego- left guard Jamon Meredith, replaced by Logan Mankins. Now, that's one where you can go, Yeah, oh, yeah that's good. Mm-hmm. Logan Mankins was awesome. Yeah, but he was only here in like a year or two. I think two years. Right? Yeah. And then he retired. Did he retire? I think so. I think so, too. Uh, Fact he did, check. <laughs> uh, he also got rid of a guard, Ted Larson, who uh, bounced around. The, oh, the, I liked him. Uh, yeah. Did yeah, we know, get him back? Yeah. Yeah, he was on our practice squad last year, mm-hmm. and he got a Super Bowl ring. With oh, him. cool. That's, that's cool. I like that. Well, B.A. liked him because he ended up going to the Cardinals when B.A. was there mm-hmm. after we got rid of him. Yeah, he played with the Cardinals for quite a few years. So uh, Lovey Smith didn't exactly blow up the whole offensive line, just uh, f- five out of six. Most of it. Yeah. Uh, and let, let's not forget Lovey Smith getting rid of Darrell Rivas, too, and replacing him with uh, Altron Werner. Ugh. Who? Man, I forgot about that guy. I know. Got all these guys you keep bringing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Screw him. Michael Johnson. Oh, what a. Oh, oh he was the probably worst. Probably the worst. Yeah. <sighs> free agents we ever picked up just an oh. awful bad character i felt like like he just he, came here for the paycheck and had no intention of doing anything yeah 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 uh the fact check Deshaun watson did have a no trade clause he, he does have a no trade clause in his contract with the texans oh yeah they're uh, just gonna ignore that part well he wants a trade so it's up to him he can opt out of it yeah but they can't trade him if he doesn't want to be traded. But he does want to be traded. Yeah. Uh, he's got a $156 million contract somebody's got to pick up. Oh, God, why? Uh, mm-hmm. I heard, I had seen, I think Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles and the Texans are in discussions. You know, uh, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, right now he's relegated to fourth-string quarterback with the Texans. Uh, he's not taking any first string reps, first team reps. Is that uh, his choice or theirs or it's mutual? Their choice. Well, I'm sure it's mutual. Yeah. I don't yeah. think either one of them want to have anything to do with each yeah, other. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to get hurt before well, he, he didn't get traded. He didn't even show up camp Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, <sighs> the Panthers are apparently keeping an eye on him, too. Did you say that? No. Well, I think that we had talked about that months ago. I just can't see. One, that's a huge contract. To yeah. pick up, you know, unless Texans say oh, we'll keep it, we'll we'll take the burden for half of it, and then you got all these allegations. You know he's going to get suspended. Mm-hmm. You know he's not going to be able to play the whole year. Yeah, you know, or or he's, part of next year. Whenever he's more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. Okay, uh, follow-up. I had talked about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not get as many primetime games after their Super Bowl in 2002 or 2003, mm-hmm. 2002 season. And, and I was right, uh, not as bad. I thought we had only played three games on the primetime, but we got four. And normally you get five. I think five is the maximum. Mm-hmm. And this was back before Thursday night games and all that good stuff. So it was really uh, Monday night football and Sunday night football were the only two primetime games. So we got four. 
Okay. Uh, it was week one against the Eagles, week five against the Colts, which was that horrible, horrible comeback game where they came back 21 points in a minute and some. Like Venus. one of Peyton Manning's legacy games. Yes, and it was uh, Tony Dungy had come back uh, and played. Oh, oh yeah, that it was hurts. Just, it, was a, it was a beat down. It was, oh, it was bad. Uh, week 12 against the Giants, of course, in, on Monday Night Football. And then a Sunday Night Football week 13 against the Jaguars. So, yeah, we didn't get the love that most Super Bowl teams get. We are this year, though. Well, yeah, uh, I just counted. We have five. We have five. Yeah. I think five's the max you can have. I thought last year it was six, but I, can't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Follow-up. The show on NFL Network that I – or the – it was ESPN. I couldn't remember if it was NFL Network on or ESPN with Ron Jaworski and Merrill Hodge. Uh, was it on ESPN, and it was called NFL Matchup. And I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's the one. I got on YouTube, and I looked at some of the, like, 2,000 videos, and it was all in standard definition. The Oh, God, I can't even watch it. Well, they were, they were like the last show to use standard definition for their football clips. And, and they stopped, like, in 2014 is when they went, went to <laughs> definition with their clips. It was very strange. But uh, Jaworski and Hodge did it from 1998 to 2016, uh, and they were both laid off by the network in 2017. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Hodge was went and he did the play, fan play call league or something like that. It was a really neat concept. I don't know where it's at right now, but uh, where the coaches called plays based on fan input. <laughs> you know, it was a whole league of this stuff. Was, yeah, I think I remember that. It was yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Follow-up. JPP did not have a pick six last year. He had three interceptions. He had one in the Super Bowl. Forgot about that one. Uh, two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries, but no t- pick six. He, he did get to the 15-yard line one time. Okay. He's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, another fact check. Justin Jeffries is still playing with the Vikings this year. 2020 was his first year last year. And uh, he had 1,400 yards. Now, the reason why we brought this up is because <laughs> – they were, they were had a list of top wide receivers. You know, there's all these lists that go out around every year, and the NFL and ESPN and all these guys have created these lists, and the Buccaneers are nowhere on any of these lists, except, like I said, CBS Sports had Shaquille Barrett as five as for edge rushers. Well, they had Justin Jefferson as a top three, a top three, right? And we were like, what, what, what? who you know, is this guy? Why? Yeah. Well, he had 1,400 yards last year, seven touchdowns, and a 70.4% catch rate on 125 targets. Now, Mike Evans had 109 targets, so he had a lot less targets, uh, but he had 13 touchdowns and uh, had, you know, the record for 1,000 years. And the Bucks have five receivers with over 400 yards on their roster. Vikings only have two, Jefferson and Thielen. And Thielen barely, well, I think he, but, but I mean, that, that's, you're going to get 1,400 yards if you're not throwing it anybody else. <laughs> that's true. It's, I mean, well, like but, I said, I, I swear to God, they just look at fantasy football points and they go, oh, best receiver right here. Yeah. But how would you even do that when Evans had 13 touchdowns to seven touchdowns? I don't know. And Justin Jeffries is 
you know, he's a sophomore player. How can you even, I mean, he's not even proven. Like, that could be a fluke. How many one-hit wonders do we have? You're just going to throw him up in elite status. Like, get out of here. After one year. They Uh. just can't. They just can't help themselves. Yes. Okay, and my last fact check follow-up. I could only find one NFL player who was hospitalized with COVID last year. Now, that surprised me. I don't think there was any. But it was uh, Raquel Armstead. He was a running back drafted by the Jaguars. He was actually drafted to replace Leonard Fournette. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, in his first year, 2019, he had 35 carries for 108 yards, uh, but never saw the field in 2020. And he was released this oh, May. Oh, that sucks. Went to the Giants. They picked him up. Uh-huh. And then they released him June 24th. Hmm. So apparently the guy's got more issues than... Yeah, I wonder if he had you would think. complications. Yeah. But he was hospitalized. He... T- twice. But, uh, you know, even with his first year, it didn't look like he had a whole lot going on. 35 mm-hmm. carries for 108 yards. Mm-hmm. It's three yards a carry. Less than three yards a carry. Yeah. So uh, that's what's happened with him. And that wraps it up for the fact checks and follow-ups. Now, let's move on to some training camp news and Buccaneer news. Molly, what you got for us? Okay. Well, I just have a little bit of some blurbs from training camp uh we had our first fight on i think it was saturday nice it was outside linebacker ladarius hamilton and uh outside linebacker elijah ponder were swinging at each other (laughs) during special teams drills but it was broken up pretty quickly ba wasn't mad about it (laughs) he said he likes it did he say that yeah good good so I was happy to see that. Well, you know, it was like the uh, the Giants had that full all-out bra. And oh, my gosh. The coach made and a did you see, like, and, Yeah, uh, but three of their offensive linemen have retired. Yeah, yeah. I think They're it's four like, now. Well, and thank God I was looking at it. We played the Giants this year. I'm like, oh, right. Like, as <laughs> if that wasn't going to be an easy enough win. Now we got it. Their whole locker room is collapsing. We played them week two, November 22nd, and that's a primetime game. Yeah, there's some weird stuff going on there. Because I yeah. even had the, the tight end who was stealing food and then got caught. Oh, uh, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin. He, yeah, ran off the who Who used to be a wide receiver for the Panthers, remember mm-hmm. that? He, was, he used to be a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, and he was like a number one, number two. Well, he I mean, kept he coming a... in the training. Yeah, he was he was good deep threat, but he was yeah. he was big, and he kept coming in the training camp with the Panthers. Is big every year, and apparently he was he just got tired of fighting that battle, so he decided to become a tight end. Yeah, he could be bigger, I guess. So that's just. But the, the Giants got some weird stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens every year. There's always those teams that just completely collapse. And, yeah. you know, and so. I've seen it a lot around the league, and I am so thankful oh, that no. Buccaneers are not having any of these issues. No We haven't, since, since Arian's been here, we haven't had any personnel issues. Nope. Nope. I think you get rid of those guys quick, mm-hmm. and you never bring anyone else like that back in the locker room. Oh, remember we did the podcast where I went back and I looked at all Arian's history as a coach, and he just does not put up with this stuff. He will fire you quick. Yeah. And he lets guys know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The one guy at the Cardinals that kept parking on his spot. He was <laughs> like, you're gone. You're gone. <laughs> he ain't even putting up with that. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians said that Donovan Smith had been excused from practice for um, 
two days for personal reasons. He didn't elaborate. And Josh Wells was working at starting left tackle. Hmm. So I don't know what that is. It could be like a rest day. It could be he had other issues going on. Whatever. Hmm. I don't care. Donovan, you're good. Yeah. Uh, outside linebacker Cam Gill, Quentin Bell, and wide receiver Cyro Grayson, as well as backup center Robert Hainsley, were all out of practice Friday. Now, Cam Gill has been out of practice all week, and nobody knows why. Hmm. At least that I know of. I haven't heard any reason why. So that's very strange. Now, if you remember last uh, last year, I did some game film on him. And the guy, he doesn't get a whole lot of playing time out there, but when he does, he does really good. He's fast, incredibly fast for outside linebacker. And, uh, you know, he's not as gifted or as uh, precise and disciplined as Shaquille Barrett is, but I was of the mindset that, hey, you know, we've got a good backup here. I mean, this guy's definitely – Definitely worthy of backup. All of our backups, all of our second string, and everybody talks about, you know, we, we lack depth here. All of our backups would be starters on any other team. I know. I can't wait to see the first preseason game because if they it's, sit all of our first string, like our <laughs> second string, are not yeah. as good. But, like, a, you know, Ralph and I were talking about this the other night. Like, they might if, – if all of our second string started mm-hmm. and that was our team, we might go 7-9. <laughs> Yeah, right. I know. I mean, we, our backup quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive line, you know, kind of a little mm, with that. Yeah. You know, Josh Wells. Mm. Um, but our defensive line, you know, Golston and all those guys. And then, you you know, Taco and, you know, Taco, linebackers. Nacho. Taco. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're starters on the regular team out there. Yeah. And it's like, it's great. I like it. I do too. Uh, apparently, Ryan Suckup has been having issues mm. in in camp, and so people are kind of freaking out about it. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I don't really care. Like, I mean, it's. I just don't put a lot of stock in training camp, and here's mm-hmm. why. Every year, you get these training camp warriors who just light it up in camp every year, and then they and this just year are bust. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. uh, Ross Cockrell on the defense and uh, Jalen Darden mm-hmm. on offense. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. and Which is fine. Like, I'm glad to see them having success in camp. But it's not the same as showing up in the regular season. Yeah. So, I just, you know, we get these training camp warriors and Twitter just goes off about them. And it's just, I just don't get that excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the flip. It's the reverse with... Um, you know, the kicking issues, I'm not – I don't care. Yeah. We'll see what happens when we get into a game. Right, yeah, I'm not concerned whatsoever. Yeah. Even with the kickers during preseason, I'm like, mm. yeah. 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 I think the only time where it was um, training camp performances were accurate was Jameis Win- Winston's a 30 interception season where he was throwing <laughs> interceptions like the whole time during camp. Remember, and we were all like, man, our – Secondary is doing great. They're going to be crazy. No, uh, it was no, Jameis. It was the quarterback. So. Uh, <laughs> Broke the record for interception. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Woo, go Bucks. I know. 
Uh, okay, so that's all that I have for camp news. You got anything else? For camp news? Camp. Mm, yeah. No, I really haven't been following it that much. You know? Yeah, me uh, neither. Been watching the press conferences a bit. Yeah. But, uh, me and, me and oh, Molly. OJ came back, and then um, Greg Allman was tweeting how a ball went right off his hands, and it just infuriated me. Like, I just saw red. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Who saw that coming? <laughs> to get intercepted? Like, I got, I got, uh, he pains me. Stop talking crap about our Bucks, I man. know, I know. Um, okay, let's move on to Bucks news. Todd Bowles becoming the highest paid defensive coordinator in the mm-hmm. league. Thank Again. God. Again. Three he, was year. Highest, he was highest paid previously. He was. Mm-hmm. Uh so we got a three-year extension for him. I was happy to see it. Yeah. Yeah, he had one year left on his deal, but uh, we got him for another three more years now, or two more years after th- mm-hmm. next year. So we just added two more years on this contract. I wonder if that lines up with, like, B.A. and Jason Light and all those. Remember what? they got uh, – oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Light's extensions. contract got extended to line up with Bruce Arians, so mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the same thing. Well, I'm pretty sure, I mean, unless Todd Bowles gets snagged, uh, which, you know, nobody's ever really even looked at him, you know, he'll be our next head coach. You know, I mean, if things just work out the way they're going now, mm-hmm. and you know, he'll be our new head coach. I'm conflicted about that. Yeah. I just think some coaches are fabulous coordinators, but not Dirt head Cutter. coach material. Yeah. Dirk Cutter is a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. think that there's anything wrong with being a career coordinator, but it seems like mm-hmm. they all want to be the head, you know, get that promotion of the okay. head coach. And I understand it, but at the same time, I think some guys are just not made for that. Yeah. 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 He did not do a good job at the Jets, but then again, it's the Jets. So, yeah, exactly. And the ownership yeah. was not. Doing a good job there. I don't know, the general manager, eh, all that mess. But, you know, again, your head coach, it all falls on your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I could see him becoming the head coach. Somebody on our staff right now is going to be our next head coach. I almost guarantee it. I mean, that's like 90%. Because, you know, Bruce Arians is grooming all these guys to be head coaches. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's not going to walk out the door until he's got his replacement ready. And as a coach, don't you kind of, I, I feel like that's kind of the culture there. You know, you talk about uh, the Tony Dungy coaching tree. Mm-hmm. You talk about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Bill Cower coaching tree. You know, there's all these different coaching trees. And so I feel like it's kind of the culture and you want to plant your own tree, so yes. to speak, as a head coach. And Bruce Arians is planting a, a, a garden of weeds, man. I mean, he's got 50 coaches on this team. I know. I think it, he's oh, like I think one of these guys are going to be a head coach yeah. somewhere. <laughs> the, the odds are in their favor. <laughs> he's like Genghis Khan. He's going to make sure he spreads <laughs> his seed all over the NFL. <laughs> Every team in the league is going to have a coach oh, from the Arians Lord, tree. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. oh, oh, but the, uh, with Todd Bowles' new contract, it doesn't preclude him from getting a you – know, he can he can get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a head coaching job. I hope he doesn't. Don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah, the players really seem to like him. Yeah. The defensive players got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I agree. And you know what he's done with our defense is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like I don't, 
I, I don't know that anyone, I mean, those are really big shoes to fill. I just don't know if he went somewhere. We would be able to fill that void. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we had some roster moves. We uh, we waived rookie tackle Calvin Ashley and then signed tackle Chidi Okiki. So that was quite a few days ago. but uh, the, And those are the only roster moves that we've made um, in the last few weeks. So um, the... Let's see. We have to on August seventeenth is the first cut, so we got to get back down to eighty-five. So that'll be after the first preseason game, which is Pre- the fourteenth. Fourteenth, yeah. What time is that? Saturday on seven thirty. Seven thirty, mm-hmm. and that's against the Bengals. Yes. Okay. It's at home. So, uh, okay, that's all I've got for Bucks news. Not a whole lot going on, is there? Not too much. It's weird. I know. I don't, th- I don't think I've ever seen a year, especially for a Super Bowl team, I know, to have so, so little quiet. Yeah. So quiet. It's great. But I I'm. It. I know. I'm happy for it. I do not want a bunch of headlines out of <laughs> Buccaneers. No. Unless they're great headlines. I know. Exactly. You wouldn't get that from Tampa Media. <laughs> no. No. You sure wouldn't. Speaking of Tampa Media. Okay. No. Uh that's okay, I, I want to touch on real briefly the Game Pass situation. If you're not familiar with the podcast, you know I do a lot of game film work and all that good stuff, and I do the the things I found interesting videos on the YouTubes and all that. Uh, game Pass might not have the All-22 film for the beginning of the season. Now, they revamped the Game Pass thing. I've, been, I've, I've done Game Pass since the day it came out. You know, all 22 is something I've always wanted. They offered it. I've been on it. Uh, it used to be called the uh, NFL Game Rewind. Uh, even before that, I think it was NFL Field Pass. You know, so it, this has been a long time. They changed it into in 2015 to Game Pass. But they every year they they make changes to their, you know, the format and all this and the, the, the things that they offer and all that good stuff. But this year they've just gone – now, most of the time, I don't really agree with their changes. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they do a real good job on the technical aspects of it, technical side of it. Molly agrees with me because me and her get so frustrated with this stuff sometimes. Well, uh, I have to listen to Ralph complain. Yes. What happens. Yes, you do. <laughs> and now everybody's getting to listen to me complain. <laughs> Everybody, you are now my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're, they don't have the game, the All-22 now it's gone the past season's gone uh you know and it's it's really freaking out uh some of the some of the people in the industry now they've removed the ability to choose plays as well now used to when you watched a game and you do it on desktop or mobile whatever you could hit a little button and it would list all the plays and you could just go to any specific play you know, you just scroll through all the plays and you click on it, and it would immediately take you to that play in the game field. That's gone. Now it's just condensed version and the full replay. And there's no way to jump around in them with any precision. Uh, now, the Game Pass was horrible on Roku. We use Roku, core cutters, have for quite a few years now. It's absolutely horrible on there. 
uh, you have to click, I think I counted 20 through 23 button presses you got to get to before you can get to. It is to. so bad. Yeah. And we've tried to do it drunk before and just ended up passing out before we even got to the game. <laughs> That's happened on more than one because occasion. It's so awful. It's so bad and confusing. And when you start it up, it uh, you like pick your favorite team. So we have the Buccaneers, but it auto plays mm-hmm. like whatever the latest video to be uploaded and you can't stop it. And then it plays in the mm-hmm. background and the volume is always all, like too high. Isn't that it? Mm-hmm. Like it's really loud yeah. when you, it's just, it's so awful. It's so bad. Yes. And uh, now the game pass is the same way. <sighs> you have to click through a bunch of crap as soon as you, uh, as soon as you get, but as soon as you load it, it starts automatically playing videos. Oh my god! And when you when you load it, this is on the desktop version. Oh no. It 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 loads three times. It'll load, video will come up, and then it'll go black, and then it'll load. It'll be something different, and then it'll go black, and then it'll re- load, and it'll be some video playing of whatever they choose. You know, like today it was the Dallas Cowboys Green Bay game from like nineteen. 19- 98 years. I was like, what? I'm not interested in watching this. It's Ralph did a breakdown, like a review of, I think it was Rewind when you did it, Game Pass. I don't know. Quite a few years ago. But people still comment on it and they keep asking for tech support Mm -hmm. every time. And, you know, I respond as I can. Because uh, you've had people this time of year, and you know because you've had it for so long. You know this time of year it goes down mm-hmm. because they're upgrading, you know, for the next season or whatever they're doing. They're making, they're implementing all their changes. Mm-hmm. But people try to sign up during this time period, and they're not able to pay for it. They can't get to it. It keeps looping on back to the same screen. Yeah. It's just so awful. It, they're so awful. They they are really bad. And <clears throat> the NFL.com site has always been horrible. Just, yeah. it, it's way too much. Well, you know, they're, they're top of the line. These guys who do the web development, the front end, you know, they're they are the best in the business when it comes to their profession and their peers. But when it comes to price tag, they're the top of the business for the price tag. They paid a lot of money for that garbage. Yes. And, you know, for the customer, the consumer, yeah, they suck. I mean, I've always hated the NFL.com site. They just, it's just too much gunk and it loads your browser up. and, And when you're on your phone, you go to press a button and, oh, it's not finished loading yet. So, the whole page moves right before you go to press the button. And, you <laughs> and then up. the videos that get stuck on mm-hmm. the screen, you can't get out of them. You try to hit the X and it just pauses up. Mm-hmm. It's so awful. It, yeah. They, they're not, it, it doesn't seem like they're worried about customer gratification as much as they are trying to be the best in the industry. So the desktop site is not good right now. I would suggest, you know, they got a seven day trial right now. I, I'd suggest wait. Just wait and see what's going to happen. Now, them not having the All-22, and a lot of people have freaked out about this, and they have sent uh, CBS Sports, even contact them, was like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on, guys? Where's the All-22? And CBS Sports got the cold shoulder. What? Yeah. They said... Uh, wow, and they have, like, contracts with those mm-hmm. people. So, you know, they have a direct contact out mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah. Can't get a call back. Right. Yeah. And they, they blew them off the first time and said, uh, well, we're hoping to have it back uh, 
within the first couple months of the season. You know, and everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute, a couple no, months. that is completely unacceptable. Yeah, and then they sent him an email two days ago and said, we're hoping to have it back before the start of the season. We're hoping. I mean, there's no promises there, mm-hmm. though. No, no. And, and you know, it's made me wonder that, you know, how they, you know, they did this. They didn't tell anybody. You know, it's just all of a sudden it's gone. You know, I mean, all the past stuff is gone. You know, you're just like, whoa, there's no more game film. There's no more, no way to choose plays and pick stuff out. And, uh, you know, there's a whole ecosystem that has grown up around this with the All-22 and the game film. Uh, you've got, uh, like, the quarterback school, J.D. Salinger, he does his stuff. Kurt Warner's got a channel. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. He's new. He's just yeah, yeah. He just started. He's still this rough year, around the edges, guys. Oh, I think he's great. <laughs> uh, no, I love it, yeah. but it, he's not quite as polished as experienced YouTubers, is mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah, we got a uh, Jackson Kruger Sports. He's a Buccaneers fan who does uh, pretty much a lot of different stuff around the league. But he he's a Buccaneers fan, so I gotta give a shout out to him. You know, the, the there's a whole industry that has grown up around this, and it's it's like they're it's almost like they're trying to kill it. And it makes me wonder if they are legitimately trying to kill it because they can't control the messaging. And it competes with their mm-hmm. uh, content. But, but but like I said, you know, when I watched the NFL channel mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, there, there was so none of garbage. this on there. It's so yeah, bad. It's just talking heads. But mm-hmm. that's it. It's talking heads. It's opinions. Yeah. And when you've got all 22, you can, pr- you can look at stuff and go, no, wait a minute. This guy's not that good. Look. And I don't think they like that. But talking heads are a dime a dozen. You know, they're cheaper. They're more, mm-hmm, less, mm-hmm. I mean, someone who's experienced. Mostly people who are experienced enough to do game film analysis that you're going to put in front of a national audience are people like former coaches or mm-hmm, former players mm-hmm. who are going to break down game film. And they cost a lot of money. Yeah. Like they want a lot of money. Yeah. Well, those. I, yeah, I'd like to know how much the, the people at NFL – network get paid espn i don't think they're getting paid that much now anymore i mean they just laid off a bunch of people a couple years ago yeah I but know. i think the big yeah. names still make yeah. you know but yeah they're only making a few million they can't be making football money contracts you know right i don't think but yeah like it's probably more of what you're saying it's easier to pay somebody to just get on tv and just run their mouth mm-hmm. than it is to have actual analysis but why you know, they, they even changed the links to the stuff. You know, it used to be gamepass.nfl.com is where you went. Now it's nfl.com backslash game hyphen pass. You know, and they do this every year. And it's just like, why why do you keep messing with this stuff? Mm-hmm. But If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it might just be because the NFL, if you haven't noticed, like with the Washington Redskins changing their name to the Washington football team, they're going to change their name to something else now, but they're going to have no American Native American heritage involved in it they're not going with the warriors or anything like that uh it the nfl is really big into pr now and messaging you know we're seeing it on the field on players helmets you know it's messaging 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 uh are they restricting access to information so that they can retain control of the messaging Mm -hmm. you know because without all 22 you can't tell Who's good in the secondary? You can't tell if receivers are running the right routes. Uh, you can't tell if a quarterback's messing up, if an offensive lineman messes up. I mean, this stuff happens on TV so quick, mm-hmm. and they don't replay crap like that. You know? uh, so you're de- depending on the announcers and then the guys on 
the shows in these networks to tell you their expert opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't be able to go and see it now. You know, and I've, ha- I've had that happen a lot where, you know, I've heard a guy talked up and then I go and I watch the film and I'm like, yeah, no, he's not really that good. You know, and then they end up not being that good. And you go, well, I tried to tell you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were. Mo- you know. So there's a lot of that out there. Mm-hmm. And are they trying to kill it? Did they realize that they kind of had a genie out of a bottle there where people could see stuff now that they don't want them to see to go against their messaging. But uh, J- quarterback school, J.T. O'Sullivan, if you've never checked out his channel and you want to know some, the, the, probably the best analysis as far as offense and quarterbacks goes, it's quarterback school, J.T. O'Sullivan. He hasn't posted a video in a month. Oh, really? Yeah. and Is he tweeting, though? Nope. Hmm. No, he, had a, he had a retweet, or he, he tweeted a uh, from the quarterback school account on uh, August 6th, but he hadn't had a post before that since July 19th. Maybe so, he was on vacation. Well, that could be true, mm-hmm. but it's strange that he hasn't said anything. But I mean, it, you know, he posts, he's, he's got a video every yeah, day. He does Patreon. Yeah. yeah. But he hasn't had anything on Patreon since July 19th. Uh. You know, it's, it just kind of he just kind of disappeared, and I'm seeing that across the board, and nobody's really speaking out about it either. You know, people freaked out at first, and then they just kind of backed off. I think everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, if they don't have all 22 <clears throat> back up, you know, if they decide to cut it out, I'll probably stop watching football. Mm-hmm. I, and I hate to say that, but you know, it'd be, it'd be like going back to watching movies in standard definition on a four three screen. You know, you just be like, oh, I can't do this. You know, I'm used to you know, this high definition, 69 big screen. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just can't do it. And I don't think I could watch football. You know, I'd watch games here and there, but I just definitely, definitely wouldn't be as involved as I am now. So is, you know, is the NFL going in a different direction now? Are they trying to uh, keep everything in-house? We'll see. Um, I just think that they're incompetent. I do, too. I just <laughs> having experienced this for years, I just don't think it's anything different than what it ever was. Yeah, but that that wouldn't have made for a, a good segment if I just went <laughs> NFL. But you do raise excellent points, Ralph. So I'm glad that you brought them up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, you got some stuff on Kirk Cousins or um, Jimmy Graham. You wanted to talk about? Okay. You're well, let, let's let's stuff. start with. Uh, Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins came out. We touched on this last time about how the media has this weird like obsession with people being vaccinated and they're getting these opportunities to in um, I don't know what the right perform very public inquisitions Mm -hmm. about about players vaccination status. Yeah. Are you going to bring up Levante David? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's happening across the league. We touched on Mike Edwards last week and it what he did say, I don't believe in the vaccine, which that didn't get a whole lot of press. I saw one tweet about it. That was it. Um, I didn't see the clip. Then Ralph and I the other night were watching a Levante David press conference. And there was a very pushy reporter. I do not know who it was. It was a man. Uh, I didn't catch his name. His voice didn't sound familiar. 
but he asked Levante if he was vaccinated. And Levante gave the best non-answer I have ever heard in my life. Like, he did not want to touch that question with a 10-foot pole. He answered it with very general football speak, like, I'm going to do whatever i got to do to help my team, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the answer really had no relevance to the question that he asked. And then the guy asked again mm-hmm. and was like, but are you vaccinated? And Levante did not want to answer that. And well, he it's was, obvious none of these guys do. None of them do. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, it was and awkward. unprofessional. And it, it's. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was way out of bounds, yeah. I thought. Well, well, now. Yeah. Well, he asked him and he, he, he asked him the first time around and. He was kind of like, what's your view on the vaccine, blah, 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 something like that, you know, with all the stuff going around and all that. And then when Devante didn't answer it the way he wanted him to, the guy just came out and said, well, Levante, let me ask you this. Are you vaccinated or not? You know, and you're like, what the? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the freaking balls on these people. Yeah. It's just so they've done it to Kirk Cousins. They got him up on the podium for his public inquisition. <laughs> And Kirk was very forthright and said, I'm not getting it. I will do what I have to do to make sure that I don't impact my team negatively. I'll put a plexiglass around me. And this was after I think the QB room had had mm-hmm. a scare mm-hmm. and, you know, they were close contact. I think it was one of the coaches, though, that tested positive. And yeah, then all, all the quarterbacks the play- had to go. Yeah, all the quarterbacks the had to, which the coaches are vaccinated so mm, right so all the players had to go into uh quarantine and so they made a big hullabaloo about it and you know kirk got up there and was very honest with everybody well these lunatics in the media okay, go ahead. let me let me ask you did he say he's not getting vaccinated specifically yes Be- are you sure i believe so because what I heard is he said, I think the vaccination decision is a very private health matter for me, and I'm going to keep it as such. I oh. do not remember him. I, I couldn't find anywhere where he said he was not vaccinated. Where he definitively or he wasn't said exactly. he was Yeah. But because he's not giving the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting because they did the same thing to Cam Newton. They got Cam Newton up on there, and he said the same thing. It's a personal choice. And I don't think that he answered either. Mm. But they're blasting her cousins and cam newton i only saw the one clip mm-hmm. when the day it happened with her cousins it was all over twitter mm-hmm. so now these freaking lunatics are digging up kirk cousins dad who is a pastor mm-hmm. and he has said some stuff that goes against the social justice narrative he's against a lot of these agenda items mm-hmm. and includes them in his sermons and so these people have found these sermons and are black you know screen cap clipping right. them they're, they're um, going after kirk cousin's family yeah his father i mean it's, because of his view because of kirk not saying whether he's vaccinated or not right, right. and it's just a weird creepy thing i i don't understand it yeah and, you know, it's the same thing like with last year where you had all these sports writers. I'm not calling them journalists because they're not. They write about people who do things. That's <laughs> their profession. But they want to give us all moral lectures and, you know, wag their finger mm-hmm. at everybody else, including these players. And it's 
it's just absurd and gross. Mm. And uh, to me, it's kind of an abuse of power. You know, the NFL has stipulations where these players are required to give these press conferences. They have no other choice. It's part of their contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the media is going and basically reinforcing the NFL's position on all these things. You know, the NFL is pushing all the players to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And so... And that's that's the problem I have with the whole Rick Stroud thing was, you know, he's supporting all this stuff and then until it affects him, mm-hmm. you know, when they say, okay, reporters can't go in the locker room anymore and have one-on-ones with the players, he freaks out and he's like, but I'm vaccinated. This is a power play, not mm-hmm. about safety. You know, you're like, what? You? Right. It was amazing. It was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. The hypocrisy yeah. or the, uh, the irony, I guess, is the word. Yeah. And – it's just, I don't know. It's to me, it's gross and creepy. Like, mind your freaking business is how I feel about it. It's not your business. Mm, it's not right. your business. And no one wants a moral lecture from right. you idiots. Right. You people who write you, about people, you people who do things. <laughs> like, you don't even do things. You yeah. write about people who do. Like, stop it. <laughs> so, later in the week after the Kirk Cousins thing, Jimmy Graham came out. and oh, Before you move on from Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, he was dropped by a hospital uh, in his hometown, Holland Holland Hospital. He had been their spokesperson he had for been there years. For years, and they dropped him, uh, basically saying, because we're proud of our association with Kirk. He embodies many values we respect and share as part of our work culture. However, we must be certain that our communications about COVID vaccination are consistent and unequivocal. So they dropped him as a spokesperson. Like what? I mean, it's just insane. You know, they go after his family, cutting his hospital spokesmanship, you know, probably go after his sponsorships if he's got any. Right. Like how many other things? And are he hasn't, they he didn't do? even, he's, it's not like he's out there going, nobody should get vaccinated. I think it's killing people. <laughs> I know. He's just saying, hey, it's personal. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. It just makes no, yeah. It's just. The the way this all came about with his father was a a Vox journalist uh, retweeted a far left-wing Twitter account called Resist Programming, who had gathered all this information on Cousin's father being a pastor and all these sermons he said and all this good stuff. Well, Aaron Rupar, who is the Vox journalist, he retweeted this far left-wing Twitter account. Guess who Aaron Rupar is followed by? Andrew Siciliano of the NFL. Mm. So that's how it just went. Yeah, it just exploded. Yeah. It's 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 weird. It's weird. It's okay. gross. It's gross. You know, I don't want to know these guys, you know, do they have STDs? I know. I when was I mean, their last colonoscopy? <laughs> Definitely don't want to know that. Can we get yeah. those results? Uh, tuberculosis? They had, I mean. Are they vaccinated against the measles? I don't know. You, you, you know, medical stuff is personal. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, between people and their you know, It's like legal stuff. It's personal. You don't. I don't know, man. Well, it's. Um, 
It's a power play. That's all that's. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a, a, it's a witch hunt. They're trying yeah. to find people to shame. And like I said, with you know, the 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 media and and all these guys are, they're drama people. They're mm-hmm. you know they're they're about people, they're people people, and they're about finding drama. You know, it's it's, it's like a soap opera to mm-hmm. them. Well, I think since Colin Kaepernick, he really showed people that if you have a platform, you can use it for activism. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that has turned into if you have a platform, you you should be using it for activism. And if you're not, you're a Mm -hmm. bad person. And so all these journalists has taken that lead mm -hmm. and they're going, oh, I have a platform. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to spread this message that I completely agree with and all of my colleagues do. And Mm -hmm. we're just going to get it out there because it's important. We've deemed it important. Yeah. And they get mad at you and they won't give you coverage or they'll give you negative coverage if you don't support their uh, it's kind of like in the olympics you know the the one girl had a uh, she called herself an activist athlete you know and she got all this hoopla mm-hmm. and then ended up like coming in 11th or something like that mm-hmm. and then you've got all these great athletes who are not out there you know they don't they don't they're not out there trying to give a message or whatever and, and they're winning gold and they're getting no coverage mm-hmm. at all Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, this is supposed to be sports, man. It's supposed yeah. to be sports. But they, the the media wants it to be something different. They want it to be personal stories. That's why you remember what was it we used to watch? The Ninja Show where they would they would run this gauntlet. American Ninja, Ninja Warriors. American Ninja Warriors. Mm-hmm. They would have 15 minutes of them talking about the person that was getting ready to run. They would go. They would have clips of them at home and their mm-hmm. family and how they were struggling. Somebody they always had to find somebody that was struggling. Always a sob story. Always a sob story. And then the guy would, the person would run, and they'd fall in the first thirty seconds, and then they would just go to the next story through ten minutes of the person. That's what the media wants because one, it's easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's, a, it's so easy to, to talk opinions about other people's opinions and uh, uh two you know you're, you're really pushing messages that you want people to see as a uh, right mm-hmm. whatever pushing an ide- ideology I, I don't know what you what you want to call it but it's it's just it's not sports yeah it's not sports i don't care Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't I don't care about these guys SAT scores. I don't care whether they have driver's licenses. I don't care. Their you know, spending habits, their relationships with their wives. I don't care. If I'm really into a player and I want to know more about him, then that's fine. I'll dive dive into that mess. But I don't want to make that thing you know, go to the front page of the nfl.com and they're talking about who's vaccinated. I don't care. You know? I don't either, but we we've taken it. I mean, it's a moral. They've made it a a moral. Yes. I don't know, like a badge. It's like a badge of honor yeah. now. So Jimmy Graham tweeted. The NFLPA came out with this statement, who said basically, you know, vaccines work. Um, here's the data, and in light of the Delta variant, now uh, they're going to recommend that uh you know vaccinated staff and players should be tested every day um 
Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. recommend they're recommending a reduced number of tiered staff allowed in the locker room, mm-hmm. and then they also. Uh, they said in the event of an apparent virus spread among a club, masking may be required for all players and staff, regardless of vaccination status. And this is similar to the intensive protocols last year and designed to prevent an outbreak. So this is what the NFLPA is recommending to the NFL. So Jimmy Graham retweeted it and he said, was basically forced into getting the vaccine. Now I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's the the best thing to do like you should get vaccinated what's the problem <laughs> and to me it misses the whole freaking point is that most a lot of these players felt coerced to get the vaccine mm. they were promised hey you won't have to go through all these very invasive medical procedures mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated you'll be fine you don't have to wear masks you don't have to get tested mm-hmm. and so they all got vaccinated and they're in camp and then the nfl player goes the nflpa goes oh just kidding we're going to advocate for you who we're supposed to be representing we're going to advocate for you to get daily testing and having a mask even if you're vaccinated you know it's a complete total bait and switch switch. total bait and switch yeah you know i remember when this all happened there was the two weeks to flatten the curve you know which everybody was down for and then that stretched on that stretched on but the whole thing was you know we're you know we didn't want the the hospitals to become overloaded that never happened so you know that worked but then it was okay, we're just waiting for a vaccine. Vaccine came out last year, but this stuff is still going on. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Either the vaccine works or it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, then why do you want me to take it? If the vaccine does work, why do you care if I take it? So it's, you know, the vaccine's out. There's no no more you can do. There's no more you can do. What? what? Yeah, I mean, what are we waiting? Yeah, what What, are we waiting on? What's the... What's the hold up here? It's very. I don't understand. Very strange. And the, you know, and I think that the more players feel that way than are acknowledging it publicly. I mean, you really have Cole Beasley. That's it. Who's speaking out. And he's just getting lamb blasted for it. Every, every time he opens his mouth, for the most part, they ignore him until he says something. And then the activist writers are retweeting him and, you know, spreading it out there and ridiculing him and all Mm -hmm. that. But I, you know, I just, I don't get it. And the NFLPA of all organizations who is supposed to be representing the players. And frankly, I think it's that organization is just a joke and it has been. Yeah, I think think a lot of the players are really getting upset with them over a number of different things. I mean, they didn't do good with the last CBA. And, you know, they're... And it, it, it's kind of what it's kind of what happens with a lot of unions. You start going, wait a minute, whose interests are they looking out here mm-hmm. for? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's how these guys feel now. So that segues us into Tom Brady's Instagram post that he put out the other day about the NFLPA. Yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up after this. This is okay. Forbes came out and said uh, the average value of NFL franchises went up by 14% despite revenue drop topped by the Dallas Cowboys. So Tom Brady had that and superimposed on top of it was 
in his comments. The salary cap dropped by 20% and the new media deals were announced the day after 2021 salary cap was set. NFL players better wake up NFL at NFLPA, so we tag them. NFL players are ignorant in all caps. And hmm. that was a pretty strong statement, yeah, I thought, from, from the GOAT. The goat yeah. And he normally, it seems like, has kind of been out of the politics mm -hmm. of the NFL, mm -hmm. I would think. He did in the offseason talk a lot about he was kind of in a leadership role as far as the offseason workouts mm -hmm. where, you know, he was saying, oh, veterans should just go do their own thing. They shouldn't show up to the team's activities. And so he's gotten a little more vocal, I think, as he's um, probably since he's left New England. Mm -hmm. yeah. You didn't hear any of this when he was at New England. Yeah. yeah, I think they got a big policy over there to stay out of the news. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. And yeah, and, and he's right. I mean, there there's a there's a disconnect between the the people at the top and everybody else. And everybody knows that. I mean, you know, there's a, you hear about the, uh, what's it called, wealth disparity and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, but you're always going to have that. It's always going to happen. But it's gotten ridiculous now. And here you have the NFL who they are paying their players. The, the salary cap went down mm -hmm. by how much? 20%. 20%. But yet they're... <laughs> Their evaluation went up twenty percent, so that's a forty percent swing right there. A fourteen percent, it went up. Oh, their so, valuations. You know, you're you're looking at, you know, good money for them because with those those evaluations don't mean anything as far as actual cash money, but with those evaluations, you can go out and get loans. Mm -hmm. You know, the NFL could have gotten loans, or these teams could have gotten loans to cover the salary cap, but no, mm -hmm. what they said was, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to take the revenue that we got and then we'll split that out. We're not going to put ourselves out there. You know, mm -hmm. we're not. So well, and he brings up the point that the media deals were announced the day after mm -hmm. the calorie cap was set. So yeah. how, you know, Which did that you know, get by somebody or did the NFLPA know about they it? They knew about it. Had to have. Yeah, yes. and still allowed that to happen. Yes. That's why I'm th I I don't think the NFLPA is on the side of the players anymore. They're their own beast. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like with the 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 um, pandemic. You know, before the pandemic, there was one person that was worth $100 million. Since the pandemic, there's nine. They're 100 billion or million? 100 billion. 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 Okay. Billion. That's how the, the transfer of wealth, this has been the biggest roll up of power and wealth transfer in, in the history of the world through this pandemic. You know, and it, there's, it, it makes you, you know, like we talked about it last year, it was so weird to see the stadiums were totally empty except for celebrities. You know, that was so weird. Who was mm -hmm. it? Uh, Troy Aikman. Remember he had a picture he had tweeted or Instagrammed where he yeah, was sitting it was, there? Wasn't it Brett Favre? I think it was Brett it Favre. Brett Favre, yeah, somebody. Was sitting there in a stand, the stadium. You know, there was nobody around him. He's watching the game. He's got his feet up on the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is all comfortable. And you would see it. You know, during the broadcast, you'd see people up in boxes. You'd see people in in stands. You know, and and you're like, who are these people? You know, they're connected. They're yeah, rich yeah, had to be right. Yeah, but the us lowly beebs, we plebes, we couldn't go. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's like the it's, unwashed masses. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. It's I don't know, man. I don't think it's healthy. 
It's a weird, weird situation still going on. Uh, we got the vaccine. What, what else can you do? I don't know what can you do other than vaccine. I mean, that, that, I thought that's what this was all about, getting the vaccine. You know, and either the vaccine works or it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, we need to get a new one. If it does work, then why does anybody care what's going on? Just take the vaccine. Done. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. It's, just, it, it's, it's almost like the, nobody wants to let this go. It's been, uh, you know, we've got this adrenaline rush from all this stuff that happened last year. And it's just like, you don't want to let go of the dopamine. You know, it's like we want to sit around and look at the COVID numbers forever and you know, talk about it. And hell, we're even doing it. I know. I was you just going to say, <laughs> they got us doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we're just contrarians. So it gives us something to complain about. Yeah. Really. If, hey, we if, if all they're going to do is give their opinions, we're going to give our opinions yeah. too. So, you know, here we go. That's right. why we made a podcast. We had, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a whole bunch of other stuff to cover here. Yeah. We didn't even get to news around the league. I know, nothing. Yeah. Well, we're over an hour now. I, I know. Okay. Keep on going. We could, but. Um, okay. We are going to be back uh, Wednesday. Is that right, Ralph? Yes. We're trying to get back to our uh, three times a week schedule. Mm-hmm. So this is the first week. And we'll have a preview this week coming out for the first preseason game. We got the first oh, preseason oh. game this weekend, so That's, we'll yeah, do a so preview. That'll be Friday's podcast. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm yeah. excited about that. I know. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we didn't get to some other things, but real quick, I want to touch on uh, the Jeremy McCoy signing with the Raiders. For well, why year. don't we just do this next week, no, next deal. episode? Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, he was, he was right. a big fan. Okay, okay, go ahead. You know, if you don't know, he's he's with the Raiders now, so it's kind of a kind of a Warren Sapp situation there, you know? almost a little bit, not quite, but. <laughs> Still, <laughs> joining John Gruden. Yeah, joining by John Gruden. One year deal worth up to two million. Now they've put that out there, but it's not true. He's getting one hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonus and seven hundred fifty thousand in incentives. Whoa! So, yeah. So no. he's basically like veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. Is kind that of a right? little bit. A little wow. bit. Wow. So not not a big payday, but you know he's hurt. So he's on our roster. He, yeah, he's he on made, the roster. But I just want to throw that out there real quick because I think a lot of people would be interested in it. Maybe we'll go into it deeper uh, Wednesday. Okay. But that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Till next time. Go Bucks.